Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, October 23rd, 528 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets mixed to lower. December corn futures down three quarters of a cent at 494 and three quarters. November soybeans down 10 at 12.92 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down two and a quarter at 5.83 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down two and a quarter at 6.67 and three quarters. December spring wheat up five and a half at 7.36 and a quarter. Let's start off with the corn market and what happened late last week. The December 23 corn contract was unable to hold a trade above $5 per bushel last week. Futures rallied sharply along with calendar spreads on Thursday and into Friday morning last week. The December 23 contract found selling pressure above $5 per bushel when it hit the 100-day moving average near $5.09. Calendar spreads also lost ground on Friday and into this morning. Large trading volumes were noted on both Thursday and Friday last week. Chatter regarding additional U.S. export business appears to be unfounded, at least for the moment. I heard all sorts of crazy things late last week about potential export business. There was talk about more corn business off the PNW. I heard talk about some massive Chinese soybean purchases that I, I don't know are reality. I mean, maybe you see some flash sales later this morning or tomorrow, I don't know, but the market has given a lot of this back. We had huge volumes Thursday and Friday. Uh, when you look at this corn deal from a technical standpoint, and a lot of people believe that this was just like a technical type thing, um, we went up and, and did two different things. There was a high in December corn from mid-August at 5.07 and a half. We ran some stops above that level, and uh, also you, get, you got up to that 5.08, 5.09. That was where your 100-day moving average was sitting. So, I don't know. It, does does that one day on Friday mean that the rally's over? I'm not so sure about that necessarily. That 467 from back in mid-September still looks like a fairly convincing harvest low to me. I guess Friday's action was just kind of disappointing. I think what happened to some extent was that when we were down in the 480s, 470s, I think selling really dried up. I mean, we know that farmers were just not interested in selling at those sort of levels. And maybe maybe we found some farmer selling on uh, Thursday and Friday last week. But in any case, not the best looking action on Friday. Doesn't mean the rally's over, but it uh, could have been better, I suppose. Levels on the Mississippi River have improved. The level at Memphis was 10 feet below normal at 3 a.m. Central Time this morning after bottoming at 12.04 feet below normal on Tuesday last week. Recent rains in the Midwest were finally enough to result in some relief. The Army Corps expects additional improvement this week. This morning's forecast offers additional rain. Rain did fall over portions of Iowa and Minnesota here this morning. This is good news. We really needed to see this river relief, and it looks like we're going to get it. So we were 12 feet below normal, and that was a new all-time record or modern era record, at least, um, at Memphis. You've seen basis improve at uh, in a lot of areas along the river, also interior basis. Not everywhere, but it, it feels like the, the harvest low in basis has probably been posted. You can probably say the same thing for futures at this point. I, I think that it's safe to say that. I mean, if you go down and make 
new lows, you know, in mid-November, December. They're still going to say that the uh, October low was the harvest low in the market. So, I mean, this uh, rain, yeah, it's going to stall harvest in some areas. I know people in like Michigan in particular have been especially slow because uh, it keeps raining. But generally speaking, I think the river relief is a good thing for the markets. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you need to check it out. You're not going to find stuff like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about some videos you put together last week? $33.5 trillion. Uh, the national debt has become a hot topic again, partially because the U.S. is funding two wars and the, the, the upward slope of the national debt has uh, steepened. Jim Urio of Fox Business fame joined me on Friday to discuss that. Jim is fantastic, had some excellent points, some ex excellent like factual type stuff. We talked about how this will affect you guys as it relates to interest rates in particular. And then a super popular video that was out Thursday last week, Phantom Yield Loss. Uh, Shay Folk was on and uh, discussed this at length and in detail. I know that Shay made a video available, but you really need to see the video uh, for the context. Context is everything in uh, this sort of situation. If you guys want to see those two videos, uh, sign up for the premium subscription this morning. Go to standardgrain.com. This is a $50 per month subscription. It takes you like one minute to sign up. If you've got your credit card, you can do it on your phone or on your computer. Uh, absolute piece of cake. There's a new premium video every day. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time. Uh, every business day, there's a text message service that goes along with that. Uh, sign up this morning, guys. I will blast you over a copy of this morning's email, which includes all of our uh, recent videos. Large money managers trimmed their net short position in the corn market last week. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending October 17th. The funds were net buyers of 5,000 contracts of corn. The funds were net sellers of 227 contracts of soybeans. The funds were also net sellers of 1,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. So I would imagine uh, late last week, you probably saw some big fund buying on Thursday and the Friday morning, and then probably some big fund selling. So where do they stand in real time? I don't really know. Uh, as we discussed, I think last week at one point, and I know I did one of the premium videos we did with uh, Brian last week, uh, the funds, generally speaking, prefer to be short the market when there's a lot of carry. And uh, that's the case in corn, soybeans, and wheat right now. So it's a little bit easier to be short a market that that offers this carry. You can take a short position uh, when you have to roll it and roll into a higher price deferred contract. So funds are are still holding a pretty heavy short in, in corn and SRW wheat and kind of a mixed bag in soybeans, I guess. Louis Dreyfus is slated to build a new soybean processing plant in Upper Sandusky, Ohio. Construction of the facility will begin early next year and is and is expected to be completed by 2026. The plant is expected to produce 320,000 metric tons of edible soybean oil. U.S. soybean crush capacity could increase by as much as 30% over the next three years due to increased demand for vegetable oil and, of course, biofuel, biofuel use. Upper Sandusky, I guess you would say, is north central Ohio, I suppose. Uh, USDA projecting that will crush a record amount of soybeans this year, and they could even be low on this. The um, you know, Remember, we've got kind of a, a lack of, of export business right now. We're, we're not quite where we need to be. Uh, margins for domestic soybean processors are absolutely fantastic. So we should be crushing beans at full capacity. I just don't know exactly what full capacity is, given that the uh, expansion is, is very much fluid in nature at this point. 
Oil prices ended the day lower on Friday after Hamas released two U.S. hostages from Gaza. The report eased concerns that the Israel-Hamas conflict would spread across the Middle East and disrupt supplies. Brent crude fell 22 cents, settling at 92.16 per barrel. WTI fell 62 cents, ending the day at 88.75 per barrel. Experts expect Brent crude prices to trade in the 90 to $100 range in the coming sessions. Last week, the U.S. suspended sanctions on OPEC member Venezuela to ease supply pressures. Crude's a little bit lower this morning. I think people thought or or were fearful maybe that there would be some more excitement in the market to start off the week, and there really was. I mean, we traded like a $2 range in WTI overnight, which is uh, not incredibly volatile given the circumstances, I suppose. So we had a cattle on feed report come out on Friday. Cattle on feed as of October 1st were reported at 101% of year ago levels. That was slightly higher than the forecasted 99.8% and the highest October 1st inventory since the series began back in 1996. Placements in September were up sharply at 106% of year ago levels, significantly higher than the forecasted 101.6%. Marketings last month were 89% of year-ago levels, marginally lower than the expectation of 90.2%. Uh, the report is considered mostly <clears throat> bearish with the larger-than-expected placement and on-feed numbers. Trade always misses the placements, as we've discussed every month. The uh, on-feed number, the miss there, is probably seen as being a little bit bearish. So I suppose maybe you, maybe you call cattle lower this morning on this at least to start i don't know was there cash cattle trade last week uh there sure was and it actually gained ground in the north cattle traded at 186 to 187 that was a buck to two dollars higher compared to the previous week and down in the south cattle traded at 184 to 185 which was also one to two dollars higher outside markets to start the week guys us dollars about flat stocks are off the s p's off 25 the dow jones down 185 bonds are off a full handle which means rates are higher goals down seven bucks uh, crude oil is down 54 cents in the December WTI at 87.54. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.